Previously on At The Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Chaney, and Lou Katz. The queen, the undisputed queen of streaming, Jen Chaney. Is the queen of streaming. Hello. (laughs) Have you ever been called that before? I don't believe I have. At The Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Chaney, and Lou Katz begins now. Now, this may sound like a repeat, but it really isn't. Hey, everyone. I am Lou Katz, and once again, welcome to the podcast that keeps you up to date on the rapidly changing world of entertainment. Oh, my God. And, of course, that means it stars the newly appointed queen of streaming herself from WTOP Radio and Vulture, Jen Chaney. The queen of streaming, our queen. And from his underground bunker located at the corner of Get Off My Lawn and Go Away and Never Come Back, here's our very own Arch Campbell. (laughs) Leave me alone. Thank you, and here we are, and it's another exciting week for the world of cable and streaming and television. And uh, Jim, I mean, you're you're the you're the one. You you've got all the info. Uh, what's new this week? Oh, once again, a lot is new this week. I'll start off with an actual movie, if if we remember Ooh, what those are. Wow. <laughs> There are still movies being released on streaming, uh, and one that's coming out this week that you can rent uh, on demand is uh, How to Build a Girl, which is based on the book by Caitlin Moran. It's sort of a little bit like Almost Famous in the sense that it's about a, a teenage girl who's played by Beanie Feldstein, although she lives in England, not America, and she becomes a music critic, and it, it kind of is her entree into adulthood in a lot of ways. Uh, this movie's not quite as good as Almost Famous. It definitely has some some flaws, and I would say it's not an entirely realistic portrayal of journalism, but it, it was fun. It takes place in the early 90s. It has some good music in it, and it's an interesting part for Beanie Feldstein because... As you remember, Art, she was in Booksmart. Right. She tends to play sort of the uh, kind of the nerdy girl characters. And she starts out that way in this movie. And then she goes through a transformation. And um, she was really, she's really charming in it. She's uh, really an emerging star, Beanie Feldstein, and somebody to watch. So uh, I am sorry that this movie is not dropping at Landmark and the Avalon and the the, uh, the cinemas, the uh, arc lights. But maybe people will find it. Yeah. I'm sure you can get it on Amazon Prime. Uh, I believe so, yeah. I mean, this is it, it's working the way a lot of the um, the other, what would have been theatrical films work, where you you go and you get it on demand. And I, and I want to say, I could be wrong, that it's probably that $20 price. That's price that tag. new price point, $19.95, which yeah. I think uh, eliminates, uh, the, you know, the, the lone viewer. But uh, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, if you got if you got a few teenagers in the house and you need to <laughs> occupy them for a couple hours, twenty bucks for for two or three of them is 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 kind of a deal, I guess, right? And can uh, can you watch this if you have teenagers and not be uh, embarrassed? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a little. I, I don't know what the actual MPAA rating would have been on this. Uh-huh. Um, there's a little bit of sex stuff and some language, but if you have like a 16 year old, I think it would be fine. I was watching Normal People this mm. week, and uh, <laughs> I got very embarrassed. <laughs> Were you by yourself? <laughs> yes. Furtively <laughs> looking around, hoping no one else walked in the room, thinking, what are you watching? 
<laughs> no, but it's that is that quite captures um, you know what it's like to be a young adult uh, in an intimate relationship. Yeah. So I don't know why I brought that up, but you know I'm home alone, so <laughs> there well, you are. It, it's, that is one I think that is certainly more explicit than how to be a girl, and that I wouldn't necessarily yeah. want to watch with my teenager. <laughs> so fair okay. warning. <laughs> In terms of other new stuff this week, there's a bounty on Netflix. Um, mm. First of all, Becoming, the Michelle Obama documentary, which yeah. is based on her best-selling book. And um, I also think some of it was shot during her, her book tour. That arrives on Netflix today. I have not had an opportunity to watch it yet, but I look forward mm -hmm. to doing that. Mm -hmm. And They've got this company that has been very successful, uh, uh, including an American factory and a few other things. So... Uh, Yes. Whatever they release is uh, certainly worth watching. Mm -hmm. And then on Friday on Netflix, I don't know if you watched the first season of Dead to Me. Oh, yes. Yes. So <laughs> the second season of Dead to Me uh, arrives on Friday. This is the Netflix series with Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini, yeah. where in the first season, Christina Applegate's husband has died in a hit and run accident. Uh -huh. She meets Linda Cardellini in a, in a grief group and <laughs> comes to find out that actually Linda Cardellini was the one who was driving the car, <laughs> among many other twists that yes. happened in the first season. The second season- Turns out it wasn't the happiest marriage ever put yeah, together. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> a uh, very good friend of mine who is uh, quite a uh, feisty uh, uh, woman my age put me on to uh, Dead to Me, and uh, and I thank her for that. It's it's very very edgy. It's very funny. So uh, without revealing too much, the second season picks up where the last season left off. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think Christina Applegate does maybe the best work of her career in this role. It's uh -huh. a great part for uh -huh. her, and it's just as the first season was, although maybe even more so. It's like every episode ends with a cliffhanger where you're like, oh, right. I gotta watch the next one. <laughs> <laughs> and this and this season is even more wild in terms of what happens. The first so. season did not just end with the cliffhanger. It ended with a jump off the cliff into the void hanger. Yes, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite an ending, so I can't wait. Yeah, uh, I, I have a feeling if you start watching it on Friday, you will finish it by Saturday. <laughs> one of those type of shows good uh and then another show that drops this week on netflix is the eddie mm -hmm. um this was directed by damien chazelle who directed la la right. land among other things whiplash uh, whiplash is and whiplash exactly yeah. uh and, and this show reminded me of maybe more of whiplash than than la la land it, it stars andre holland as the owner of a jazz club in paris mm -hmm. The club is in some financial difficulties, and you start to understand just how complicated those difficulties are. And also, his daughter um, comes from the U.S. to start staying with him, and they have sort of a fraught relationship. Uh, but is it's this really, contemporary and, times, or um, it is contemporary times, mm, which is good. one of the things that's interesting. It's like, would especially now, but even pre-pandemic, would would you think that mm -hmm. opening a jazz club would be a like financially lucrative? Um, operation? I don't know. Maybe they're different in Paris. <laughs> Not since Le Jazz Club. Right. <laughs> Back in the 30s. 
Mm-hmm. That being said, I, it, it's one of those shows that you sort of, once you start watching it, you get immersed in the setting yeah. um, and, and the music is really well done. They, they have like their house band that um, Andre Holland's character is sort of the, he doesn't play with them, but he's, he's, he writes their music. How many episodes? Um, it's eight episodes, uh, about okay. an hour each. Good, uh, good. And uh, it, it's certainly like going from dead to me to bad is like getting off of a speeding race car into, you know, like a... a <laughs> riding a, a trotting horse a little bit but um <laughs> it, it's a slower burn but um like i yeah. said it, it does you do sort of get sucked into it and it's it is very uh-huh. well well shot well yeah. directed wow boy so much stuff yes should i name one more thing or is it too oh, much oh go for it go for it i haven't had an opportunity to watch this one yet but um hbo this saturday starts airing the adaptation of wally lamb's novel i know this much is true and that's going to be a limited life. series, uh, and it stars Mark Ruffalo in a dual role playing the twin brothers from the book, uh, one of whom has mental health issues. Mm. Uh, I Again, I haven't watched it, but knowing what I know, I, I, I don't imagine this this is going to be light viewing because um, it's pretty pretty heavy subject material. But um, we will be interesting to see Mark Ruffalo playing dual roles. Playing doppelgangers or twins is, is all the rage on TV for the past few years. Right. Uh, so Netflix, heavy duty Netflix stuff. The Eddie, uh, Dead to Me season two, uh, Becoming, that's a Netflix. Yep. And uh, How to Be a Girl is probably uh, downloadable somewhere. And um, um, I know this much is true. Mark Ruffalo is just, just great. Uh, yes, he is. I have a couple of things that have come up for me this week that I sort of want to ask you about. Uh, the first is uh, I tape Saturday Night Live. And as such, I get the, uh, the Saturday night 10 p.m. Uh, edition which is always a rerun. And I noticed this week they reran an episode from 1977 hosted by Ray Charles. And uh, that was the second season, the season without Chevy Chase, where Bill Murray came along. And it was so interesting to watch, number one, because the the pace was so much slower than you expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Charles was throughout the entire program. Uh, they used him extensively, and he was very funny. And uh, Weekend Update with uh, Aykroyd and Jane Curtin kind of had the same sense that you get now with the two guys doing it contemporaneously. Dan, there's an old saying, behind every successful man, there's a woman, a loving, giving, caring woman. But you wouldn't know about that, Dan, because there's no old saying about what's behind a miserable failure. Jane, you ignorant slut. Uh, A second thing I noticed is uh, Monday, I've been kind of keeping an eye on Jeopardy because I heard they were going to start taping without an audience. And I wondered how that would go. And instead of new episodes, uh, Monday, Jeopardy showed an episode from the early 90s when Ken Jennings first showed up. Mm -hmm. And that was interesting to see because, again, the pace was so slow. And uh, uh, Alex Trebek would ask the questions and then there'd be like a, a beat of one or two before somebody would uh, buzz in. You know, now they're they're all over each other. And I'm wondering, as the pipeline starts to dry up, is this what we're going to see? More Golden Age stuff? I mean, I feel like that's starting to happen to some extent. For example, I know next week they're doing a 
a special tribute to Gary Marshall. That's just, uh, and maybe they had that planned anyway, mm. but you know, he passed away, I guess it was last year. And so they're, you know, going to be showing old clips from like happy days and Laverne and Shirley and talking to people who remember working with him. And then also they brought back starting this past Sunday, CBS Sunday night at the movies. This May, CBS is bringing back the Sunday night movie. I think this week they're showing Forrest Gump and, and they're also going to be showing Titanic and one other film that's not coming to me right now. You know, I don't know how it did in the ratings, but it, it, there is just, as you're saying, a, a bit of a nostalgia play going on. Um, and, and there always has been, but I think, like you said, as the, as the pipeline dries up, uh, which hasn't happened yet, and I keep praying it will for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they they are going to have to get creative and and certainly maybe show some reruns or or package some things in a different way. I do think that after a while, uh, Zoom and iPhones will uh, kind of run their course. They're going to have to come up with something. But uh, I love seeing the old Saturday Night Live stuff, even though uh, it's not as edgy and uh, and as fast paced as today. The other thing I'm seeing, I. I tape uh, American Experience on PBS every week. I've just set up my uh, system to grab whatever American Experience sends down. Uh, this week, they've got a new one on George W. Bush. And if you like history, it's very, it's four hours of uh, basically a little bit about uh, uh, W's uh, background, but mostly about his years in office. And uh, because our world has gotten so intense these days, it's kind of interesting to look back on the period between 2000 and 2008 and see what a wild ride that was. And at the same time, uh, you've got uh, the Michelle Obama documentary. I watched the Hillary documentary on Hulu mm -hmm. and uh, found that very uh, interesting. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I learned things and got a sense of, uh, of, you know, of empathy for her that I wouldn't have had uh, otherwise, which brings me to Mrs. America which is the same thing, the uh, Cape Blanchett as uh, Phyllis Shafley. And every week, I am blown away by that because every week you learn something else about the, the brilliant woman who stopped the ERA. It's also a revisiting of the uh, women's movement. And, you know, if you're, if you're in favor of the women's movement, uh, Phyllis Shafley, of course, is, is the villain. But uh, they, they show a side of her that was brilliant and frustrated at the same time. And, and I think what I'm trying to say is I'm finding a lot of political and historical material that is uh, surprising and kind of opens your mind. So that's my... <laughs> That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I did pick up one other thing. Uh, because I, I pick up American Experience, uh, over the weekend they reran a movie from last year called uh, Chasing the Moon. It was three parts. It was about the original astronauts and uh, the moon race 
and uh, the terrible accident, uh, the fire that killed the three astronauts. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the second weave through there is the story of Dr. Werner von Braun, who uh, was a Nazi engineer and with a group of about 100 engineers surrendered to, surrendered to the Americans at the end of World War II. And it's just, it's another uh, eye-opener uh, of our history. Mm -hmm. And without giving anything away, uh, you know, the, the moonwalk was uh, one of the great events in world history. And after that, everybody kind of lost interest. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so th that's what I got. I've been, I've been on kind of an educational historic <laughs> week, <laughs> except again, I just want to say, uh, I'm so glad I got Hulu because uh, Mrs. America just blows me away. I think Phyllis Shafley had such a debater's mind that she just liked taking the opposite. She just liked arguing, you know, that she just liked winning her point. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to say whether she believed in it or not, but she I don't she think she did. I, I don't think, well, at least based I, upon... Yeah, you get that sense too? Yeah, I think she was interested in, in um, she was ambitious and she was interested in having power, um, uh -huh. but I don't think she actually cared that much about the, you know, the, the ERA at all, whether it passed or didn't. I, I don't think mattered to her one bit. And that's what's and so then, frustrating. <laughs> well, and she her. was frustrated because she really wanted to be a lawyer and uh, wasn't. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what I got. It's, uh, you know, I miss going to the movies. And I don't know when we're going to go back to the movies, but I am finding some uh, fabulous material on television and uh, they've become my new movies. So that's what I got. All right. Well, that's so now great. coming up, we will play What's Your Favorite Movie <laughs> with a new twist. <laughs> Are you ready for the new twist, Jim? I don't know if they, I don't know if anybody can be ready for it. <laughs> and now let's pitch it over to our producer, our announcer, our enabler, our big daddy, Mr. Lou Katz. And sitting around eating more and more, becoming a bigger daddy by the day. <laughs> All you right. know, I'm walking two hours a day. That's I'm great. Walking, I'm walking two to three miles, sometimes four miles a day. I'm, I'm actually losing weight. Well, you're one of the few of us, Arch. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> that makes one of us. Anyway, here we have a special public service announcement concerning COVID-19. Check this out. Hound Radio. Corona Update. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having play dates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Hound Radio. The Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Cheney, and Lou Katz comes to you from the secret underground bunker studios of the Katz Podcasting System. All right, Jen, we're, we're throwing this in your lap. 
All right. So as our, our loyal listeners know, uh, <laughs> we've started playing a, a bit of a game called What's Your Favorite Movie, where we pick a different category. That was that's I, your suggestion. You know, I just said, what's your favorite movie? You said, well, let's do it by genre. Yeah. That just a, a good just kind of like give us some some boundaries. Yeah. Uh, and this week I was told to pick a category, but not tell Arch or Lou what it is <laughs> so that they are entirely not on the that spot. It matters. <laughs> Uh, but I think I, I think I think this is a relatively easy kind of way into doing it's this. The mystery genre. <laughs> yes. So earlier this week, we celebrated the great American holiday, May the Fourth. Mm. May the Fourth be with you, which is Star Wars Day. <laughs> so I, I wanted to know what's your favorite Star Wars movie. Ah, that's a great idea. And uh, I would say, you know, the, the first place I go is I would say the original. The original uh, broke through and was so much fun to watch, and everybody was talking about it. But of all of them, I think my favorite is The Empire Strikes Back mm -hmm. because it's got that twist and that uh, chord, which is right out of literature. And uh, and when the twist was revealed in The Empire Strikes Back, uh, it was one of those gasp moments i you know and i i just i fondly remember uh the empire strikes back all right and how about you well i you know i'm gonna be boring and say the same thing uh, uh which i think the empire strikes back is kind of widely uh appraised as the best of the the franchise When I was a kid, Return of the Jedi was probably my favorite because that was the, the one I actually saw in a theater. Mm -hmm. um, the other ones I'd seen like on video because my parents thought I was too young to go see the Star Wars movies in the theater. <laughs> um, years ago, um, a friend of mine got like a, a projector and we decided to like project a movie onto the side of their house and just like sit outside and watch oh, it. Oh, I love it, yeah. And we decided to watch the Empire Strikes Back, which I, at that time I hadn't seen in a while. And I was just amazed at how well it held up and just what a good movie it is you know, on its own merits, regardless of the before and the after and all that stuff. And I remember we were watching it and the house next door, there was a little kid who was looking out his window watching the movie and we weren't even aware <laughs> until we heard his mom say, what are you doing? You have to go to bed. And he goes, I'm not watching this. And there was something really delightful about that, the idea that great. A, a neighbor was drawn into this film and I think that speaks to what kind of a movie it is which is it just it takes you in from it the is beginning. yeah where did you get the print it was a dvd it was just it was it was oh, it was oh, like a, a something not not a projector like an old-timey projector but a, a projector that uh -huh. would project the video onto right, right. A, a screen um and I you know I always liked the Star Wars movies a because of the toys um and, <laughs> and b I, I really cared mostly about Princess Leia and mm -hmm. when she wasn't on screen and they were talking about you know how they were going to blow something up I'm like who cares what's Leia doing right now um and so the the romance aspect in Empire Strikes Back I also really liked uh -huh. yeah you know, you're reminding me, uh, one of my favorite stories uh, about uh, living in Washington is in the late 70s, like 1979, a guy opened up a store called Reruns, and you would rent a projector, and you would rent prints of movies. Oh, wow. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I went to a birthday party. Somebody rented The Last of Sheila. And, you know, we played the thing in there. And we were uh, in their living room. 
And it went out of business about two years later because of the invention of the VHS. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought about that place because it was too ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. But it sure was fun to actually get a projector. So not only would, were we watching films, but you were getting uh, the beam of light, you know, and the dust and the light, and we were getting the sound of the projector. And uh, I ran into that guy recently, and, uh, you know, he says, when the VHS came out, it just, just killed me because there went my business. But it was a great idea for the I wonder what he did with all the prints. That's a good question. I knew of two or three individuals who actually had screening rooms with projectors. Um, there was one guy who was a, a developer. He had a screening room with two 35 millimeter projectors and he could, you know, he could make the switch over between reels. Wow. Uh, so somebody, somebody wound up with it. I had friends that I worked with who had been film editors at very various TV stations in the days when you had to cut them for time. And uh, they had uh, prints. One, uh, there's, a, there's a famous story about a film editor who went to work at Channel 7 and he got uh, State Fair, the musical with Pat Boone, mm -hmm. and he had to cut it to fit in a, um, a two-hour minus commercials uh, slot. So he took out all the musical numbers. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and it fit <laughs> just changed the genre a little bit <laughs> probably not as good a drama <laughs> as a musical so shall we so what are you uh what are you recommending this week? Well, wait a minute lou didn't tell us his favorite star wars movie oh lou, oh come my, on my favorite star wars movie the phantom menace are you joking no and i'll tell you why because of jar jar binks you're definitely joking. No. Lisa called Jar Jar Binks. Lisa, your humble servant. Jar Jar Binks, that character brings back such wonderful memories for me because my son was, was just so enthralled with him. And we had Jar Jar Binks stuffed toys. And it was just so for some reason, that just always stuck with me. The movie sort of sucked, wow. but I love the <laughs> I love the character. Wow. Wow. You're the one person in America. <laughs> love Do you character. still? Do you still have Jar Jar Binks toys? They're stuffed in some box in the garage, I think. I saved them. Save them. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> yeah Jar I, I honestly, if my son had liked Jar Jar Binks that much, I would have killed myself. Uh, <laughs> please don't do that. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. Love Jar Jar Binks. So what are you recommending this weekend, Jim? Um, well, as I mentioned earlier, I would recommend um, the new season of Dead to Me. Mm -hmm. And I want to mention uh, yet another special, uh, which is not quite a concert special, but sort of in the same vein. Uh, on Sunday night on NBC, they're showing the Feeding America Comedy Festival, which is raising money for Feeding America. Um, and they're going to have all kinds of comedians. I believe these are all pre-recorded um, bits or, or little bits of stand-up. I believe Eddie Murphy's going to be on it, Tiffany Haddish, a bunch of different comedians. It airs from 7 to 9 on Sunday night. So if you're looking, again, for something something different, uh, that might be something to watch. I just, I'm looking back over the things I had that have really stuck with me. And 
Uh, one of them is Unorthodox, which you put me onto on Netflix. And uh, also The Plot Against America. You know, I watched uh, about 15 minutes of Hollywood, mm-hmm. the series you talked about last week. Yep. I really did not like it because there's a disingenuousness to me in the manner in which they try to show the period. It's like they club me over the head with it. And, mm-hmm. and when Patti LuPone, whom I so admire, came out vamping as the Joan Crawford style character, I just, I just say, you know, I'm not gonna. This is, this is not for me. So, <laughs> but, but uh, as partly because the plot against America was so good at using the period of 1940 to tell its story. So, uh, so if anybody hadn't seen the plot against America, it's on HBO. McMillions is fabulous on HBO and unorthodox. Uh, those three, uh, my wife and I just uh, binged or couldn't wait, you know. And that's how we feel about Mrs. America. What next? What are they going to do next? So uh, we have any final words? Final words. Uh, you know what? I can't get over the Jar Jar Binks thing. It's going to haunt me for the rest of the day. Misa called Jar Jar Binks. Misa, your humble servant. Jen's going to have Jar Jar Binks nightmares over the... Over I mean, the I already week. do. <laughs> my, my comfort was that everyone else also did. <laughs> Oh, I well. thought I thought I would quote Jen from Facebook this week. Do you mind, Jen? Uh, depends what it was. <laughs> Posted on Facebook. I've been wearing my pants inside out for the entire day. Well, o- only until four o'clock. <laughs> well, I've been wearing my pajamas for about two weeks. I got dressed for today. Hey, have a great week. It's always fun uh, talking with you, Jen, and being with you, Lou. And Lou, give us a wrap, will you? Well, you know, within the last several days, uh, Adam Lambert, the singer, got together with Queen, and they decided to do an updated version of the Queen classic, We Are the Champions, one that sort of mm-hmm. saluted our first-line defenders and all the healthcare operators. And I thought we'd wrap up this week's episode with that song. I've paid my dues Time after time I've done my sentence But committed no crime And by mistake I've made it for you I've had my share of sand kicked in my face
This is the Cats Podcasting System.